No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. Can you imagine on February the 14th, Valentine's Day, the most romantic day on the calendar, allegedly, even though that's bullshit. Can you imagine that you say to your significant other, honey, or I, I got you the best Valentine's Day gift I could think of. You and I, we're going to go to the Jets game. And we're going to go watch the Jets, the juggernaut, the wagon play against the San Jose Sharks. Because that's what's next time that these two teams meet each other is on Valentine's Day. And I'm pretty sure that is more of a booby trap sort of Valentine's Day gift than one that is going to put you into the good graces for the remainder of 2024. With that, we say good morning, Winnipeg. Good morning, Manitoba. And for all those joining us live this morning on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms, we say good morning, universe, and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show. With Dave Manuk, with Ezra Ginsberg, I'm your host, Drew Mandel, here to discuss, to no one's surprise at this point in time, yet another Winnipeg Jets victory. Mm -hmm. Ten games in a row now that they have earned points. That sets a brand new Jets slash Thrasher's record. It wasn't necessarily an easy one. It was a grinder. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't dominant. But it was effective nonetheless. 2-1, the Winnipeg Jets win over the San Jose Sharks tonight at SAP Center in I don't know. I'll say downtown San Jose, but I don't really know if it's downtown San Jose or not. Gentlemen, good to see you both on the now wee hours of Friday morning. What's up, boys? And yeah, good evening. Pardon me. I guess good morning. Yeah, it's 12.04 in the morning now. So it is officially Friday morning. I guess. Is it the weekend yet, boys? No, <laughs> I think it's not going to be uh, much of a weekend for us because we have a show four days in a row. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that wasn't... Uh, uh, that was a hockey game played between two <laughs> hockey teams. Um, and obviously, you know, if you looked at the score and you looked at the shots, you know, you would say this game was pretty even, but we know better than that. It was not even. Look, Mackenzie Blackwood, I'm a Devils fan. A lot of people watch the show know this. Mackenzie Blackwood was the odd man out in New Jersey. He he was good tonight. Like, mm -hmm. he kept the Sharks in it and he gave them a chance to, to come back. But, I mean, Dave, this is kind of like your kind of quintessential team that really doesn't have an identity right like what is that 10 losses in a row yeah I mean, you, you mentioned jets have points in 10 in a 10 in a row uh it's the it's like two teams going in opposite directions oh, right the, and the, San Jose's the last obviously... time the sharks got a point was against the jets uh, exactly. almost uh three weeks ago i guess was that december the 12th i think uh uh going back to when that game was yeah it was december the first 12th time? Yeah. yeah and so i mean san jose is obviously going to be in the macklin celebrini uh sweepstakes he was really good for team canada even though they got uh, ousted in the the quarterfinal but um you gotta love like you know what stood out to me was late in that game vlad nemesnikov blocks a shot forget mm -hmm. if it was mikhail granland or it was tomas hurdle uh it broke his stick right but like yeah. this team like this is uh, for all intents and purposes this is a pretty meaningless game right the jets are comfortably in a playoff spot right. comfortably at the top of the central division top of the western conference but to me, that that just exemplifies what type of team they have this year. Like, I, I don't know if you had, you know, guys like, you know, Dylan Sandberg. I'm not saying he wasn't blocking shots, but 
you know, Gabe Velarde blocking shots, Vlad Nemesnikov blocking shots, Alex Ayafalo blocking shots in a game against uh, one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in the league, right? So, I mean, look, the second period was was bad, boys. Like, the, yeah. that was not a good second period for the Jets. No. But the good thing for the Jets was the first and the third were just utterly dominated mm-hmm. by them. So they obviously could have had, you know, a few more goals. And, you know, Gabe Velarde comes up but with the big power play goal. And that really was the difference, Dave, in a game that didn't have a lot of power plays. If there was any time to score a power play goal, it was then. Mm-hmm. And, look, the Sharks just don't have a lot of talent. After, you know, Tomas Hurdle and Mikhail Granlund. You know, well, really, I mean, I mean, Granlund's, player. I mean Granlund's a guy that, that bounces around. So, I mean, this well, is... You're right. right. You're right. He's in the back nine. And, and you know, let's give a shout-out to Brandon's Kalen Addison. I thought he yeah. was good. He, had a, he actually had a, a really good chance in the third period. Hellebuck yeah. had to make a nice glove save, right, boys? So, I mean, look, the, the Jets won this game 2-1. Would you like for them have to have, you know, made it maybe a, a little bit larger of a deficit? Sure. Um, but they played pretty well, except for one period, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with what Ezzy said there, Dave. I want your insight into the into this game. Look, I, I, it's not. I don't think this is an easy game to play when you play a, a team like the San Jose Sharks, especially when they're getting good goaltending. Mm-hmm. Saw that they were going to get the good goaltending initially. They, they, the, the Sharks are just as as you said. There's no identity. They're just a, a mishmash of, of players. Some are young players that are still on their way up. Uh, other guys are on the back nine of the career. Other guys are established NHLers who you know would fit in on any team. I mean, that's really Thomas Hurdle. He's the he's the guy I'm speaking about there that would look good on in any jersey. Um, it, it, they're just you know when they're getting good goaltending. Uh, and like they got tonight, it, it's difficult to stick with it. I mean, you sort of, I, I, you know, I don't want to discuss the Leafs, but you sort of saw a similar situation last night between the Leafs and the Anaheim Ducks, where uh, some goalie, you know, Lucas, uh, Lucas Dostal. No, uh, but you know what I'm talking about, right? Though. No, what did you say? I'm sorry. The NHL.com headline. No, 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 Toronto Star. Sorry, Toronto Star. Uh, or Toronto Sun. Toronto Sun. So I Toronto Sun. Sun. Toronto said said. Um, Leafs almost blanked by no name goalie or something like that. And That's the really Ducks what the headline quote, was. And the Ducks quote tweeted it. Anyways, it was uh, funny. Well, that is, uh, well, you know, the kind of journalism we've come to expect from the good people at Post Media. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, uh, you know, when you have a good, when you have a goaltender you know, playing well, it's hard to sort of get through him, no matter how talent deficient they are in front of him. Sure. And, and and that's what the Jets, I think, were experiencing for that first period. I mean, look, the first 15 minutes of this game, uh, Dave. Yeah. Uh, you know, the first 15 minutes of this game, the Jets were absolutely <laughs> dominant. They had multiple shots, multiple scoring chances. If Mackenzie Blackwood doesn't start the game at an A-plus level, it's 3 nothing early on for the Jets, and this game is, is long gone and long over. Instead, yeah. the Jets have to sort of grind their way through, and San Jose is eventually going to have a push, and they did you know, with, you know, in the, in the, in the final five minutes of the first and a lot of the Mm. second, they were the better of the two teams, but to the Jets credit, and I know we've been saying this like a broken record all, or, you know, a a skipping CD or whatever, uh, uh, and a Wi-Fi to have the Panasonic shockwave technology drew. (laughs) I was going to say, uh, 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 Wi-Fi, uh, unenabled phone or something. Uh, the Jets, uh, 
you know, just stuck with it and they and they didn't get flustered at all when previous Jets teams, I have no doubt about it, would have been flustered in mm-hmm. going up against Mackenzie Blackwood and not getting any success. So the Jets deserve kudos for that. And yeah, it's not the prettiest win they've had all year, but it's a 2-1 regulation time victory and they don't leave anything on the table and they keep the good times rolling. Well, I think you said it like they didn't get out of their their system, really. I mean, you're right, Ezzy. There were part, parts of that game that you don't like and there are parts that were Definitely a bit of a snooze fest in that second period. But ultimately, you know, Rick Bonus was asked about it, I believe, this morning. But he essentially was asked, like, like, do you like the way your team doesn't seem to change the structure? And we've talked about this for a while now, that they're staying within the framework of what this team wants them to do. They're not, you know, foraying off into the distance and, and not sticking with what's working when they're down. And I think they said it on the broadcast, even when the Jets have been down this season, they've been able to come back. And, you know, we saw it on the last time they were in California where they were down 2 nothing a couple of times and came yeah. back in those games. So it, it, it's this team is different, you know, than ones in the past in the sense that, you know, when they they do have a deficit, you're not thinking, well, this team can't do it. Now, one nothing in San Jose is not a significant one. And, you know, interestingly, the goal difference, San Jose does look like the uh, best team in the NHL whenever the Jets play. Then they give up 10 goals against every other team. <laughs> Suddenly, the goal differential right now is minus 80. Minus 80. Sorry. I thought uh, I thought Dan was going to use it on the broadcast. I was praying. And I, I thought praying. he was going to give you credit, but no, then he pulled the rug out from underneath you. Did you not see, Drew? I didn't ask for credit for myself. I asked right. for credit for a legal curve. Right. Well, Just for the folks who are Dan's wondering. He's a company I, man through and yeah, through. Not as much as Ezzy. Ezzy's the most company man, but but I try to be sometimes. And the fact yeah, the of the matter company. is. Yeah, <laughs> but but the fact of the matter is that Dan Robertson liked one of my tweets and he jokingly tweeted back at me. He said, uh, don't think it, don't, don't be surprised if a certain broadcaster steals that. I said, Dan, you're welcome to steal it. Just make sure on the on the show that you tell people to turn into the illegal curve post game show uh, after the game. I thought that was a fair trade. I am, I can't believe Dan didn't uh, didn't agree to those terms and conditions. It's yeah, it's hard to believe. Yeah. That was the nicest thing on Twitter today. That was the nicest uh, sentiment well, I, I, on let's Twitter. Just, today. Let's just focus on the hockey game. I, I we'll can't, get to they, that. We'll get to the rest of the yeah. nonsense after the break. So don't. We will address today in nonsense land, but that'll come yeah. after. That's but, more on Hartman and Perfetti and yeah. Russo well, Hart, and everybody. Hartman got a little karma today, but anyways, let's get. Let's, again, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I was just nonsense say, land. That was funny enough, the original title of this show. And then we went with the legal curve. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, and, and Drew, it's funny because we were trying to figure it out and then eventually got to the to the number 35 is the modern era record because people right. have been saying that a legal curve has been saying it wrong because we were under the impression it was 22 uh, for the record of three goals or less consecutively. I, and I, so I don't I, know where I actually don't know where we heard that. I'll, but we definitely I'll take heard the it. blame on that. I heard it no, somewhere. I heard it and too. And I thought it was a reputable source. And unless, I'll take un- the blame on that one. Unless I, unless Drew, unless I was repeating your information. But regardless, we thought it was and, 22 by Tampa Bay. It and turns Dave, who out, would have thought that fakestats.com would have put out those <laughs> misleading facts, right? Yeah, exactly. But it turns out it, it's not 22. It's 35. So today the Jets matched the uh, 2011-12 St. Louis Blues, who had 27 in a row. And uh, they are going to be aiming... For 35 straight games, that is held by the 2014-15 Minnesota Wild. I'm going to ask Ezzy some trivia in one second. And the the non-modern era, going all the way back to Drew's birth date back in the 28-29 season of 1900s, was uh, the Boston Bruins, who coincidentally had 44 straight games allowing three goals or less in a season that lasted 44 games. So (laughs) they were a little bit of a wagon, that Bruins team, and they uh, won the Stanley Cup. So maybe that's an omen. But, uh, okay, so here's the trivia. Who were the three Wild goalies? That that contributed to that uh, to that win, to that to that record. 
Well, first of all, Drew was a big Dit Clapper fan uh, <laughs> growing up. Uh, sorry, I was I was down the rabbit hole a little Dave. bit there. Yeah, yeah. Who were the three? Who were the three wild goalies in fourteen fifteen who contributed that thirty five game uh, record for the modern era? Oh, the three goalies. Yeah. Minnesota Wild. By the way, this um, is for the chat too. If they want, it's to definitely not uh, Manny Fernandez. I mean, that's nope. going to, uh, that's going way back. 2014-15. Why am I drawing a blank here? Was Dwayne Rolison still there? Mm-hmm. Okay, I got Dwayne one. Rolison. Wow, that he was still around then. Yep. There's one. Come on, um, I want to Google this it, so it, bad. No, you can't Google that. Come on. I'm always Wayne, talking about your your 2014. Your... That was before Capo Kakinen. Way yeah. before him. I'll give you a hint. One of them is Swedish. Gustafsson? No, no. he's the current goalie. No, oh, no it wasn't Roll- No, monster. sorry. I don't think it was Rolson, actually, Drew. Sorry. It wasn't Rolson. It was. No, oh, no. Yeah. Sorry. I've Never mind. Now I know it. It, it wasn't Rolson. It was like Darcy Kemper. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, you know, you guys can figure out the Nicholas trivia on Backstrom? this one. Come on. Okay. Backstrom? So Nicholas, Nicholas Backstrom, Darcy Kemper, and who? Uh, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> I can't remember Jeez, myself. Dave. <laughs> it's 12.15 in the morning. That was 10 uh, years ago. That's, question. I mean, Come with the answer. mediocre Minnesota Wild teams. That's that what's is, funny yeah. about that is that, that that was not like a powerhouse Wild oh, team. Oh, Dubnik. Dubnik. Dubnik was the third. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I was drawing a blank. A yeah, real a real big blank because <laughs> I couldn't oh, even come up with one of the goalies. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you for that uh, trivia-related interlude. Let's get back to tonight's Jets game. Uh, A 2-1 victory over the San Jose Sharks. Uh, You remember, you know, back in December when the Jets started in San Jose, they came out flat as could be. San Jose took it to them for the first, you know, 10, 12 minutes uh, of the game. And it was the role reversal tonight. I mean, we got a couple mentions here. You know, Mason Appleton, who's snake bit, and really, you know, not that he's a goal scorer because we know that he doesn't have the the goal-scoring touch. He was scoring goals earlier in the season earlier in the year but it's been a while and you don't expect him to score very much but he had a great opportunity four minutes into the first period and I think what the setup was from uh, Nino Niederreiter if I'm not mistaken a low to high play and Appleton uh, fires it on net and uh, and Blackwood makes the save and you see Appleton just throw his hands up into the air because you can tell he's so desperate for a goal and he thought he had one on a stick there uh, and then th- you know about a minute and a half later the Jets had three good chances in a row Ehlers, Morrissey and Vlad Nemestic all bang, 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 and Blackwood again making those great saves. Healers and Morrissey was 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 back to back saves, but then Nemestikov's. Yeah. I made a note. I take notes too, Drew. You're Do not you? the only one that takes notes. Okay. The Nemestikov one was a three on one, and Blackwood made a glove save. So you're right. right. I mean, if the, if the if the Jets bury one of those, then you know most likely you know this is a a four one game or a five one game or something like that. So again. You made a good point. I mean, Blackwood kept the Sharks in it early. The mm-hmm. Jets played really well. And then the push came in the second period. I made a note. Philip Zadina hit the post yeah, uh, the 40 seconds note. in. Yeah. So, I mean, this 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 was a, a close game, um, you know, score-wise, at least for a while. But then the Jets took over, obviously, in the third period. Um, but they could have been rewarded. And it's funny, guys. I'm sure we're going to talk about this, uh, you know, at some point in the show, if not now. I mean, how long did it take for, you know, Rick Bonus to go back to Shifley, Ehlers, and Velarde, right? I don't mm-hmm. think anybody expected, you know, Vlad Nemestikov to be the Jets' number one center uh, for, for very long. But, I mean, Shifley, Ehlers, and, and Velarde are just so good from a p- possession standpoint. And then, obviously, you know, 
they uh, connected on the power play. But I think no nobody's going to be surprised if, you know, Shifley, Velarde, Ehlers is uh, back together for the Ducks game and, and moving forward for the rest of this road trip. Yeah, I you know I um, I, I I like why Rick Bonus did it. He found success in making that switch against Tampa Bay on I guess that would have been Tuesday night now, and so you might as well stick with it. But you're right, it didn't. Uh, it Shifley, I, I, you know, Shifley just hasn't looked great the last number of games. Uh, really, neither has Velarde for that matter. Yes, they get the they combine for the goal, the power play goal, the winning goal in tonight's game. Uh, but of the three of those guys, I would say Ehlers probably I thought was the most impactful uh, of the Jets forwards of Shifley, Velarde, and Ehlers in tonight's game. I thought Ehlers had uh, had some good speed going and had had a good touch, which speaks to the, I mean, look, this speaks to the fact that the Jets, you know, Shifley and Velarde haven't been great for the last four or five games, haven't really been on the scoreboard at all, and yet the Jets haven't lost any of those games in regulation right. at the very least well that's because I mean, the mad goes... line the mad line is filling in the blanks right you and so for those of for those who might not follow you on twitter and folks what are you missing out on you're missing out on about 400 is that gems a thing that, he, that people not follow me on twitter well why don't you explain to people what the mad line is now that you've coined it well morgan axel uh <laughs> And you forgot, forgot the that they're Dominic. Dominic. Dominic is his name. For God's well, sake. as, as I mean, he was very smart because David Gustafson could also fill in in case he did yeah, those. Exactly. That that's what. That's exactly what I had to do, Dave. I had to find a line just like the GST line when Peluso would come on that line, and it was the PST line for the provincial. Right. We went provincial. Tax, yeah. right? No, but I just was having fun with it. I mean, you know, Drew, you're right. I mean, this fourth line, uh, Dominic Toninato. I mean, how can you not cheer for this guy? I mean, he's played the majority of the season with the Moose. He's mm-hmm. been that quote-unquote 13th forward right and the Jets have some injuries right now with Kyle Connor and Rasmus Kupari and as Dave mentioned the Gus bus I just thought it was you know fun to take the first letter of each one of those guys name and call it the mad line and then someone made a funny comment on Twitter that it's it's better than the MDMA line I thought Um, of that too actually (laughs) that's pretty funny also the damn line works but uh you're right Drew I mean I was thinking just quickly I was thinking about this uh, as I was watching the game here uh in my basement by myself just desperate for friendship (laughs) Um, I mean, I was just thinking like, this is the first stretch of the season that Shifley has really struggled at all. And Shifley, Shifley's having a great year. Like Shifley's having an all-star caliber year. Um, but yeah, these last four or five games, it just haven't been his best games. And, you know, players, most players will go through a bit of a stretch, but I think you're right. That top line has not been excellent, but luckily, you know, guys like Nick Ehlers, Vlad Nemesnikov, Cole Perfetti, and the, the mad line have been picking up the slack. Yeah, that's exactly it. They're picking up the slack and they're care. You know, when one line isn't when you know, and that's why you can't be a one-line team or you can't be a one-dimensional team because there are going to be some games where that team struggles or that line struggles that you rely so much on. And if you don't have anyone supporting them in behind, then you, you're going to struggle as a team. But the Jets have that you know deeper bench and they have that support so that when uh, you know, Shifley, Velarde, and Ehlers aren't going as well as, as they had been, then you have those other guys pick up the slack, exactly like you mentioned there, Ezzy. Uh, so no score after 20 minutes, but I might as well, even though I'm late now, might as well start off the intro. It is the Betway game. Yeah, I'm like, that was quick. Yeah. The Betway game recap. 
big thank you to our friends at Betway for their continued support of the Illegal Curve post-game show. It is Friday morning, 20 minutes after 12 Central Time. Thanks to so many of you who are joining us for this Illegal Curve post-game show. You might think the numbers might dip because it's so late in the morning or early in the morning, late at night. Nah, nah, nah. You all showed up. You're all playing strong, just like Dave, Ezzy, and yours truly are bringing you the latest on the Jets and the San Jose Sharks. If you haven't already done so, be sure to smash the like button and subscribe to our YouTube channel because we're going to do it all again uh, at the same time, even 30 minutes earlier on tomorrow night, or I guess later tonight uh, (laughs) after the Jets and the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, Betway is the sports betting app that puts you, the customer, at the forefront with a large selection of betting options and sports as well as strong promotions and fair odds. What are you waiting for? Head on over to Betway and bet your way. Uh, So as we said, Jets dominated the first period. Uh, They were, I think, out shooting San Jose at a point in time, nine to one uh, late in the period. And it really took until about five minutes left in the period for San Jose to have their first sustained push of the period. They don't get anything past Connor Hellebuck either, but you get to see that they are going to skate their way back into the game. And that's what they did. Uh, 0-0 after 20 minutes, but then the Sharks came out as the better of the two teams, uh, certainly to start the second period. As you mentioned it, uh, 45 seconds into the period, Philip Zadina, he hits the post about 45 seconds later than that. Um, Mikel Granlin, uh, Connor Hellbuck has to make his best save of the game to that uh, to that point in time as the San Jose Sharks are beginning to push back on the Winnipeg Jets. It was evident that if the Jets could get zone time and be a gra- and and get in on the four check, meaning that they could get all three players in on the four check. San Jose had no response for them, and the Jets were able to cycle them to death, and there were different instances in each of the three periods where the Jets were able to do that and even get a bit of a line change in on that. San Jose had no option and no recourse uh, for getting the puck out and or around the Jets when the forecheck was on timing-wise. But anytime San Jose had some room to skate, they're a decent skating team. You know, they, they have their warts, certainly, but they have some guys who can skate. Even Kalen Addison on the back end is a pretty good uh, defenseman to move. So you, when there was some skating room, San Jose was at their most dangerous during those periods of the game, Dave. I, didn't, I think that's perfectly put, and it's true, Drew. I mean, that's it was you expected San Jose to have some pushback. I mean, despite the fact that they have lost nine games in a row, mm-hmm. you know, they still are, as as he went through in the preamble, there were still some NHL players on this roster, most likely to be traded at the trade deadline. So they'll continue to stink. Um, but you know, they the Jets, I thought the Jets got a little complacent and got a little bit almost bored. They, they you know, it's almost like they didn't feel challenged. And, and look, Rick bonus is never going to say, well, we're not going to disrespect our opponent and anyone can win. And uh, he did say this, actually, anyone can beat anyone in the NHL. So what's he going to say? This team sucks. They suck his bunch of sucks. It ever did suck. He's not going to say that. Although he did drop a Seinfeld reference on Murat the last game. So, I mean, that was, yeah. that was pretty spectacular. I got to give Rick bonus uh, credit for that one because uh, did not have 2024 starting with Rick bonus saying, uh, dropping Seinfeld isms, but good on uh, Murat they, for having fun with it, right? Like he changed his Twitter avatar. He's got it in his bio. Like <laughs> just shows you how great of a sense of humor Murat has. I agree though. Great Seinfeld reference from bonus. Yeah. yeah that, that was a, that was a solid one. That wasn't like a guy who peripherally knows Seinfeld. That was a guy who, who has a deep, deep knowledge of Seinfeld. So he's uh, watched a few epis on Netflix. That's exactly it. So anyways, look, um, you, you expected them to have a little bounce and a little, a little pressure and, and, 
eventually they get that one through. But, you know, I, again, the Jets had a good PK, right? The problem for the Jets was that they, uh, they were, I, I just felt like they were getting a little complacent, a little stationary, a little bit, I don't say bored, but they just felt like it felt like a, a like we felt it watching it. I can only imagine what it's playing like. To, yeah. to, and and also the, the other thing that doesn't help is the crowd is not there. There's no there's no real enthusiasm from the crowd, really. Except I mean, for the except for the dads and mentors who sure, are on the trip. Sure, of course. I'm not going to suggest otherwise. They had a couple. Jake of he was having a good time. Yeah, of course. The, they're but, spitting it. I mean, are they? Is it not eerie how much they look how identical? Much they look identical to each identical. other. I mean, yeah. I know they're siblings, but they the have the same Richard hair, here. everything. <laughs> anyway so so i mean it, it it just felt like san jose was taking advantage of a lull and that's what they were able to do and sure enough i mean connor hellebuck also we have to mention made just an absolutely phenomenal save i didn't i didn't know how he kept that puck out of the net because it looked like it was in and mm-hmm. i think you're like you understand how he's an all-star because that was just uh, an incredible stop by him and uh, he made a, n- a number of nice stops but i mean it's it's just from an unfortunate standpoint that the jets Obviously, they're tired. It's the very end of the the. Was it the Lowry penalty? It was I think it was Lowry was in the box, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. Oh no, Morrissey. Morrissey. Morrissey was in the box. Sorry, hooking. Uh, right? Yeah, Morrissey. Yeah, Mor- for hooking, Morrissey. Yeah. yeah, the second period so, penalty. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So so Morrissey hooks. Um. So Morrissey's in the box for hooking. They kill the penalty. They get out. But you know those guys are a little bit tired. And like I said, they're a little stationary. And uh, it's a nice shot. I mean, he finds them. He buries it. And uh, you know the Jets are down one nothing quickly well and and i just wanted to say something here on the school because you know we talked about william eklund dave like you know he had a really good uh, rookie season with the barracuda mm-hmm. right like 40 yep. points something like that he's having a quiet like breakthrough season and we talked about it right like fabian zetterlin i think he's got 11 goals speaking of former devils like anthony duclair he's got seven goals but but it's just a mishmash of players like it's not mm-hmm. a team that has like the balanced scoring depth and forward depth like the jets do like the jets have really good scoring lines. They have, you know, their checking line, which is the Lowry line that can also score. The fourth line is maybe the best fourth line since, you know, um, 2017, 18. But I mean, William Eklund's got speed. And we talked about, Drew mentioned this. I think I mentioned it too. Philip Zadina, people forget he was what, sixth overall, Dave? Yeah. So they have first round talents, right? And Kalen Addison was a first round pick or an early second round pick of the Penguins. And then he was traded to the... See, that's the like dropping a Keaton Ellerby uh, reference. At one point, well, he was a first-round pick. Well, no, but you know what I mean? Like, they have... Yeah. Th- look, they've won six or seven games, something like that, at home. Like, they're awful. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. The Sharks suck. And their home I'll, record, I'll by the way, it, is Dave. their good record. <laughs> Rick Bonus might not say it, but I'll say it. The Sharks suck. Like, they're going to get uh, a really good player uh, in Vegas uh, for the 2024 draft. Like, it's probably going to be, you know, first, second, or third, something like that. But uh, to me, it just looked like... Like um, Morrissey got uh, caught up a little bit in the neutral zone. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you're, you know, going to necessarily blame Morrissey, but look, Eklund has nice speed, and yeah. I think does he go by? Um, I think it was Appleton. Uh, was it Appleton first, and then Appleton gets lost? Or no, I think it was yeah. Nemesnikov. Appleton and Nemesnikov. It's, yeah. it's hard to say exactly who had responsibility. They kind for, of just lost Barabanov. Uh, yeah, they just lost Barabanov. Is what I was going to say, Drew. So you know, good on William Eklund. You know, that was speed. He created you know that opportunity with his speed, and it's a nice pass. And look, it goes through Connor Hellebuck's legs. Connor Hellebuck is having one of his best years ever. He's going to the All Star game. So congrats to. To Connor Hellebuck. I'm not sure if we're going to talk about his dad's 3D printing YouTube channel. I'm not sure if you guys saw that. <laughs> I know. Um, it's, funny that you, it's funny that you mentioned that, Ezzy, because I saw the Jets 
you know, uh, use one embed one of his tweets, and then I quickly looked at his thing just for like two seconds. And I saw he did like a bunch of three D printing, but then I got it's like thirteen thousand followers on Twitter. Dave, he's as big as you are. Ooh, it's time! It's time <laughs> to bring him in. We're doing a right. we're doing a collab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he can he can three D print us some uh, IC merch or something like that. Uh, some IC gear. We'll get it. We'll get him uh, working on that. But you're right. So the Sharks do open the scoring. It's at the ten twenty six mark of the second period. It's Barabanov, his third assist to Eklund and Emerson, who is not uh, Nelson Emerson. Rather, it is Ty Emerson, uh, one of the uh, litany of uh, less than household names uh, on the back end for the San Jose Sharks. Uh, but the Sharks you know do take that one nothing lead and they they get full marks for it because they were the better of the two teams uh i would say to that point of the second period mm-hmm. and with the way mackenzie blackwood has been playing so yep. far in this game you can't help but think you know how easy or how quickly are the jets going to be able to respond but as we've seen from this team night in and night out so far this year they get punched in the jaw and all they do is they don't go down. They just punch back harder. Mm-hmm. And they did a minute and 22 seconds later. Morgan Barron, his eighth of the year, assist to Neil Pionk and Brendan Dillon. And it's not pretty. And you knew it wasn't going to be pretty necessarily to be to beat Blackwood five on five. It's a shot and a lot of traffic. And it starts with the Jets winning a puck battle down low. And Neil Pionk gets the shot through. And Barron is in front of Black. And it sort of pinballs and deflects, you know, and squeaks over the line before anybody uh, can scoop it away that's wearing a teal jersey. But, you know, k- kudos to Morgan Barron for going exactly where he needed to go to take the eyes exactly of Blackwood away. Exactly where Joe Pascucci told him to go. Right in front of the net. <laughs> exactly right. And kudos to Neil Pionk, who I thought played a very good game tonight for the Winnipeg yes. Jets. Uh, for a guy who's oftentimes... Fresh uh, off being called a star by a certain uh, team of excellent all-star selectors, just saying. What is that? I have no idea what that means, Dave. Well, he was a star of the game in the game against the Lightning. He obviously oh. has a lot of confidence as a result. Oh, okay. Thank you. That's I had no <laughs> clue where the hell you were going with that one. But my point being that you know, Neil Pionk, as you and I. Yeah, Neil Pionk, who usually, uh, who oftentimes can be a little chaotic at both ends of the ice, was not that in tonight's game by my estimation. By my, uh, I thought he was just aggressive where he needed to be aggressive, stepped up, uh, laid the body a couple of times, and and certainly, uh, you know, tried to, you know, do the right things on the offensive side of things for the Winnipeg Jets, and they get rewarded to tie the game up at one, uh, at just, you know, basically at the halfway mark of the second period, as a. Yeah, I mean, Pionk, he was one of the guys I made a note of uh, that I thought had a really solid game. Just just knocking down pucks and not not really letting anybody get around him. He made a play on Mikhail Granlin where he just, you know, Mikhail Granlin tried to move around him and he just, and obviously Granlin's a smaller player, but I mean, Pionk is having a great bounce back here. And you're right. I mean, in a game in which, you know, the Jets probably should have had a goal or two in the first period. I mean, you know, that type of greasy goal was kind of to be expected, right? You knew that the Jets weren't probably not going to score a beautiful goal uh, to tie the game up, right? So, yeah, like Baron, uh, Janssen, Fialbi, you know, the, the Dominic Toninato, as you mentioned, you know, cycle the puck, get the puck back to the point, crash the net, uh, and the game is tied. And then all of a sudden now you have the momentum because the Jets know that, you know, the Sharks are not a very good offensive team. They're not a very good defensive team either. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I mean, that is kind of the definition of just a, a hard-working goal. And a lot of these goals, 
that are, that have been scored by the fourth line, whether you know it's with David Gustafson on the fourth line or whether it's Dom Toninato on the fourth line. So, I mean, you know, we had the comment up earlier. You know, uh, I forget if it was Joe from Winnipeg or someone else. Uh, you know, is this the Jets' best fourth line ever? I mean, that's debatable, right? Because in 2018, it was who was it, Dave? It was Brian Little, Matty Perot. Uh, or no, it was Adam Lowry, actually, I think, right? And yeah. Matty Perot, and maybe who else was on that line? I forget. But um, this is definitely one of the best fourth lines, mm-hmm. put it that way, whether it's Gustafson or Toninato or Rasmus Kupari. Wasn't, it, wasn't so, it Yuri Tulusti? It could have been. No, wasn't it Lee Stepniak? It might have been Lee Stepniak. You might be right. Lee Dave. Stepniak was the, uh, that was the, fifth, the 2015 when they went, when they yeah. played the Ducks. It was Lee Stepniak. Shout out to Jay Harrison as well. Yeah. There you go. There's another old name uh, if we're naming old players. I'm pretty sure Jay Harrison got traded for future considerations uh, to the to the Blackhawks. After to that the season. Blackhawks, yeah, didn't he get traded afterward? I think the following season the Jets slash Moose traded him to the. I think he was traded for future considerations, if I recall correctly. After they acquired him from, they I remember yeah, they the acquired year him from Carolina because he they, was had a, depth. they had he was a that litany depth. of injuries I mean, on the back depth. end. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was just depth. But then right. I think he eventually got assigned, and then, or maybe he got maybe he was with the Moose to start the next year, and then they traded him to uh, to Chicago. Well, ah, well. Joe Piscucci. We always know that who's got the uh, who's got the right answer. Yeah, there. Joe's got the answer. Hendricks, Armia, and Perot was Hendricks. Hendricks. Well, the reality Hendricks, is yeah. right. Like it changed a little bit. I mean, I think Yuri Talusti might have been a few years earlier. I feel like that I think was like Talusti was like in the 2013. You know, okay. I'm a bit early. Yeah, but um, the point is, Matty Perot was on the fourth line. There you go. There That's you and, the point part. And the and the point you know Drew's trying to make is like the fourth line, whether it's whether you know it's or the third line or whoever, I mean, Shifley, Shifley and Velarde, as we talked about, they were red hot, you know, for weeks and they cooled off and now other players are picking up the slack. And that's why, again, we're a brokered record, but that's why this forward depth keeps coming in <laughs> into, you know, conversation here because yeah. Kyle Connor is out of the lineup and mm-hmm. it's like the Jets have not even, you know, missed a beat. It's, it's, they're playing better actually. Well, so it's really incredible what they're doing despite the fact that, you know, some of their best, like we talked about Mason Appleton, he's struggling to put the puck in the net, right? Shifley, Velarde, these guys are struggling a little bit, but I mean, it seems like, you know, they keep getting goals from other sources, whether it's a Neil Pionk, whether it's a Morgan Barron, and Dave mentioned this, good on Barron, eight goals in less ice time per, per game, and he's on the fourth line. So, I mean, yeah. Barron, you, you have to give him props. He's having a great uh, first half of the season. Yeah, he as, as, as he's right, he, he Drew, he, he has... He scored eight goals, matching his career high from last year in like mm-hmm. 37 fewer games. And he's doing it with about three minutes less of ice time. And of course, I got accused of when I mentioned that because I just thought it was an interesting factoid. And everybody knows I love factoids. So I, I put it in there. And then Vern gave me a little shout, like a little shove saying, are you arguing for ice time? I'm like, I'm not lobbying for ice time for anyone. A, I don't care. But B, it's because I just think it's an interesting thing that he's doing more with less. So there you go. He, he then answered that he said he had an LOL. So I should have understood. That it was a. Uh, uh, also, Drew, can your can your shirt be less unsettling? Look, He's I understand why my up. shirt is unsettling. It's unsettling because it's not necessarily in keeping with my uh, on air persona, which isn't smiley happy. For the record, though, people, I am a generally a nice guy off the air. You know, if you ever have an opportunity to meet me, and some of you See have, me. I'm generally uh, you know generally a nice person. Uh, but I decided to wear the smiley face on air because i know we're going to start talking about some uh more sensitive topics and some topics that can get people a little bit heated up we'll do that after the commercial break so i thought i'd wear the smiley face to sort of see if i can do a a counterbalance to when we get talking about the things that made people go cuckoo bananas online earlier today 
That's the logic behind my thinking regarding the smiley face. Anyways, after 40 minutes, the score is tied at one goal apiece. The question is, who's going to be victorious in the third and or overtime? And for so many games this year, the special teams cost the Winnipeg Jets. Mm -hmm. This tonight is an instance where they won the special teams battle, outscoring the San Jose Sharks 1-0. Only uh, two power plays for the Sharks, only one power play for the Jets, but they make the most of it. It comes at the 3-14 mark of the third period. It's the game-winning goal. Philip Zadina is in the box for hooking, and Gabe Velarde gets both the game-winning goal and the Seagram shot of the game. The Seagram shot of the game. Big thanks to our friends at Seagram's for their continued support of the Illegal Curve post-game show. Whatever you may be drinking, be it now watching us or be it tomorrow when you are enjoying uh, the Illegal Curve post-game show following the Jets and the Ducks, we do encourage you to drink one of the great products from Seagram's, perhaps Seagram's 83, Manitoba's favorite. Canadian whiskey. Big thanks to our friends at Seagram's for their continued support of the Illegal Curve post-game show. Uh, with Zadina in the box, as I mentioned, he takes a hooking penalty on Adam Lowry. Lowry was heading downhill, and he was a bit of a truck on this play. Zadina had only one option, and that was to hook him on the ensuing Jets power play after having a significant amount of zone time where they were controlling the entire pace of play and had a number of opportunities. The puck comes to Mark he feeds it over to Nikolai Ehlers, and one of the best seam passes you're going to see, Ehlers puts it right on the tape of Gabe Velarde, who is, you know, what, maybe half a, half an inch away from the <laughs> yeah. blue paint, the blue paint uh, and he uh, deposits it behind uh, Mackenzie Blackwood, 2-1 for the Winnipeg Jets, just an absolute glorious execution on the much maligned Jets power play, as he. Yeah, they absolutely needed that one. And and right before Velarde scores, right, uh, Morrissey goes to Ehlers. Ehlers misses the net, and then Ehlers backs up, goes to the point. Um, and then, as you mentioned, Velarde is right beside the net. And obviously, you know, not very good defensive coverage by the, by the Sharks. But, yeah, the, all the I agree with you 100%, Drew. All the pressure was on the Sharks. It was a really good-looking power play. Everything that we've talked about, um, throughout the season that has been wrong with the power play. You saw quick movement, you know, you saw, um, you know, I, I thought it was just, the, it was like passes and, and, you know, it was just with a purpose and, mm -hmm. you know, Ehlers continues his strong play and yeah, I mean, Velarde hasn't necessarily been, been playing his best hockey, but he picks the perfect time to score the winning goal. Um, so that was huge. And that's still an issue here. A lot of people think, you know, the, myself included, you know, if the Jets can get their special teams um, in order, at the very least be a slightly above average, I mean, that's going to be the difference between, you know, the Jets finishing second and third in the Central or first in the Central, right? Because this Jets mm -hmm. team, you know, what do they have, 52 points now, right? Or 50 yep. points? Um, you know, you could be talking about a 110 to 115 point season here, the mm -hmm. way they're, they're trending, right? And a, a power play goal here, a power play goal there. I mean, that's going to be the difference, uh, you know, Dave, in like four points, six points. Uh, yeah. This this Central Division is going to be tight all year. Obviously, you know, Colorado beat Dallas. So, I mean. In OT. Yeah, in OT. Of course, so that, that game was, went, though. That was yeah. the worst possible scenario. But, I mean, Drew always joked. But everybody about, else lost. 
Well, yeah, he, except for one team. But I mean, the the only teams that really matter in the like, as far as I'm concerned, the Jets are going to finish first, second, or third in the Central, mm-hmm. and 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 they're going to have to play one of Colorado, Dallas, most likely. Uh, in the second round, right? Because yeah. if the Jets win the division, of course they'll play like Nashville or Arizona, in According... in, in, in uh, who are in the wild card spots, right? But I mean, the point is that um, you know the Jets got the power play goal. The power play was not very good against Tampa Bay. They got some chances, but they didn't score any goals. So I mean, that was huge. And um, you know the, the the Jets got these two points, as Drew mentioned. I mean, you didn't want this game to go into overtime. I mean, no. just considering the type of hockey we were watching more so than you know you don't want to want to leave it till overtime but uh yeah that was uh just a nice pass by Ehlers nice finish by uh Velarde and um uh, yeah I mean hopefully that leads to some more power play goals on this road trip well and the only thing I was just going to add is you know they, they needed something the first line needed a little bit of power play success because well, what's going on here Drew did you change I think I hit the wrong button Boy, Drew, you can tell Drew's up to something, but Speaking I don't know. unsettling. Yeah, what's going on? That's the that's the K and R uh, uh, view, not the IC view. I say the camera adds fifteen pounds, Dave. In my case, it adds <laughs> thirty five pounds. <laughs> so, look, I, I just think that they need. And it, look, it was a laser being passed by Nikola Ehlers, as has been pointed out by the um, the chat. So you like to see that, but you like to see Velarde. Velarde's tried that a lot, right? Where he tries that little move where he goes down to the knee right beside the net tries to just redirect the puck that's slapped past onto his stick and this time he's successful and you can just see that there's a bit of a relief that those guys finally broke through got the monkey off their back and uh it's an important power play goal i mean you can say san jose is a bad team sure that's fine but the reality is that they were one all with winnipeg and uh, it took till the third period to take a 2-1 lead so um like i said the, the sharks are, are a solid team. There's no like solid in the sense that they played the Jets so- solidly. They're not a solid team, obviously, but they played. The, it's almost like, and I think as he made this point, and I think it's a good one. It's almost like teams are getting up for Winnipeg now. Winnipeg might not be getting going, you know, wanting to lower themselves to these teams, but San Jose looked like they had a little bit again, not in the first really, but in that second period, a little bit in the third, like trying to get something going because they knew it was a close game at one all, obviously, or one nothing, but then one all specifically. So, um, you know, like I said, it's 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 a tight game. It's a good ga- good win for the Jets. It's a good way for them to start the mentors trip because, of course, you know, they, I think the last time when they did a mom's trip, they I think they lost all three games. So that's not not exactly the way to go. So uh, those guys didn't want to be told by the, you know, 30-something coaches that are along for the ride what they did wrong all game long. So this way they can enjoy it, go to Anaheim, and get ready for the Ducks tomorrow night. Yeah, and uh, you know Connor Hellebuck again made the, some key saves in that third period when he was called upon to make them. Uh, you know they didn't have to carry the team single handedly, but he was all star Connor Hellebuck because he made uh, the saves that he needed to make, and he was seeing the puck well tonight uh, for the Winnipeg Jets. And as a result, you know after the early third period goal, the Jets were very effective. I thought at minimizing San Jose's chances, and they kept everything to the outside, including killing off that Shifley penalty. Penalty that could have hurt them uh, in the third period, a penalty where, you know, one of the few times that you can really think of Shifley having a bit of a lazy play yep. in the course of uh, this season so far, but the Jets kill it off. And as a result, they end up with the 2-1 victory over the San Jose Shark. Go ahead. As he, as he, I, jo- I jokingly tweeted, which I'm sure you saw, but I'm going to bring it up here because I want to get your, your insight. Just don't ask me who the wild goaltenders were in 2004. <laughs> who are the wild goaltenders in 2004 and 2006? No. So, the one thing, the one area that the Jets continue to struggle, and you can suggest that it's not important, whatever, face-offs. Yes. Like their, face-offs their face-offs were abysmal. I think they were like they 40%. Less, yeah, it was under 40% for sure, and it was in the 30s, somewhere in the 30s. 
That's 30%. Is exactly yeah, I mean, what it was. I jokingly well, said, yeah. who's, the be- who's the best face-off man of all time? I'm not saying they need to hire Jonathan Taves to be on the team. Yeah, they, want him, they want No, Matt, Jonathan Taves, I think, has the highest percentage of all time. But I, the point is, he must be tooling around a rink somewhere in Winnipeg or Kenora. Bring him in, hire him, and, and fix your, like your face-offs. Because let me tell you, they're not very good right now. Yeah, pretty well, sure. And, and, and that's uh, why, I mean, this is, a, paid, this is maybe a okay. Saturday topic, kidding, boys. We've got the yeah. Saturday morning show coming up in uh, less than 48 hours. But that's why I have kind of done a – I've changed my opinion on what the Jets really need prior to the trade deadline. I'm on the mm-hmm. 2C second-line center bandwagon now. Uh, David I, I mean, for Saturday. I, well, I would have no and, – and, but a lot of that, Drew, has to do with face-offs. <laughs> Vlad Nemesnikov is not a good face-off guy. I mean, just look at Nemesnikov's stats not only this year – but in previous years, and I mean, we know Adam Lowry is the Jets' best option here. Uh, Mark Scheifele has never been a guy that you would say is a great face-off guy. He's not the worst, but what is he kind of around usually, guys, 45%, something like that? Yeah. So, I mean, that's all I'm saying is I, it, it's these are things like, yes, we're excited. The Jets are one of the best teams in the NHL. What are they, two points out of first overall? Like, that's really impressive. But the special teams in the faceoff, I mean, these are the key areas that the Jets need to work on. They need to get better in those areas. Look, I, I have no problem with if they acquire somebody who is better as his the, boy, better right in the in the in the faceoff circle, yep. but that can't like be Monaghan. the only that can't be the only reason why they acquire that player, is no, my no, of perspective course. on no, that. Of course. Yeah. I like how people want Lindholm, but I mean Lindholm's gonna come with a big price. Let's be real. So well Tomas Hurdle's another guy that's been thrown out there, but what does he make? Seven million a year, eight yeah, million a year I, with two I, years I'm left. I'm not so sure the cap is gonna work in that regard. Yeah, I don't I, I mean I, look, Chevy's gonna acquire a really good player that no nobody expected that they would acquire, right? Like everyone's gonna be searching over the next two months for the next Paul Stastny, right? This year's yeah. Paul Stastny. I think Chevy probably has a few guys on his list. Um but I, I don't know if he's going to go out and acquire a guy that has two or three years left on his contract at seven or eight million a year. Hurdle's got seven years left on his contract, so I think that's what <laughs> he's seven he's, years left. Well, yeah, some... he signed that big extension when right before San Jose thought. Remember, San it was last year, I think. Uh, San Jose still thought of themselves as a playoff Contender, team yeah. until then well, they had to then they collapsed and they had to tear it down. So that's when they signed him to that big uh, contract extension. Yeah, Lindholm's um, a rental, of course. Lindholm would be a pure rental, likely, because yeah. he's an he's UFA at season yeah. ten. Lindholm yeah. has not been good the last couple of years, though. No, his number, like you know, he wants nine million dollars, and his numbers have taken a precipitous drop in the last yeah. couple of years. So I, you know, again, it's good if player, it's a rental, but I, I don't know. I don't know if that's the right fit because he's, there's a huge cost there, of course. Well, Calgary is going to ask a huge cost, but yeah. this is all better conversations for Saturday sure. morning rather than right now. So that's uh, the Jets do win tonight's contest. It's a two-one victory over the San Jose Sharks, a clean two points that makes it ten games in a row now where the Jets have earned points uh, in the midst of this current streak. And as a result of tonight's victory, uh, I believe does that mean that they leapfrog the Colorado Avalanche? If I'm not mistaken. Uh, or no, they are still a point behind Colorado. They didn't Colorado beat Dallas yeah, in overtime? Colorado, Colorado won in, in regulation. Drew's the taking Jets, points away from Colorado. I'm not. But the Jets do put three points now between them and the Dallas Stars, having played the same number of games. Both the Jets and the Stars have played two fewer 
than the Colorado Avalanche. So, you know, things still going well, things still rolling uh, for the Jets and really the top three teams in the Central Division uh, can, when you continue, consider them as a whole. When we come back on the Illegal Curve postgame show, five days later, somehow Ryan Hartman and Cole Perfetti and Brendan Dillon have still managed to monopolize the attention of the hockey world. We'll talk about that next. We'll talk about some really bad tweeting by people who should know better and some really bad analysis by players who you would hope would know better or at the very least that the broadcasting network would have better options than put these people on the air. And no, I'm not talking about Jen Botterill. We talk about that next. It's the Illegal Curve post-game show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsburg with you. It's 10 minutes to one on Friday morning. You're already awake. We're just getting started. Don't go anywhere. This is the Illegal Curve post-game show. Your coworkers love you because you always make them laugh. You're the life of the party with stories that have them rolling on the floor. Or maybe you're just the quiet one in the corner with the one-liners that just slay. Do you have what it takes to become Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job? Try your luck. Hit the stage at Rumors Comedy Club, and you could be walking away with $1,000 cash. Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job. Presented by Rumors. For all the details, head to RumorsComedyClub.com. So you're a pizza person, you married a wing person, but somehow your kids are salad people. You can't pick your fam, but you can pick your BP meal deal. Starting from $18.99 for takeout or delivery at bostonpizza.com. The game can change just like that. Accidents happen when you aren't protected. So now what? Getting to your injury quickly can make all the difference. Help prevent them from being game changers with Linden Market Dental Center. Bonding, crowns, bridges, and dental implants. State-of-the-art treatments are available to help you get back in the game. To learn more, visit LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rolly's and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small, just visit rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at rollies.com. Boston Pizza harnessed analytics to test if the game is better at home or at Boston Pizza. The results are irrefutable. Catch the game at Boston Pizza, powered by Fanalytics. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. Friday morning, welcome back to the Illegal Curve post-game show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg with you. The show's still on. 
show's still on. Jets win no. 2-1 over the San Jose Sharks. couple programming notes for you. The next Illegal Curve post-game show will be later tonight at around 11.30 p.m. Central Time following the Jets and the Anaheim Ducks. The three of us, presumably the three of us at least, will get back together and talk about what happens between the Jets and the Ducks. And then on Saturday morning, it'll be the Illegal Curve Hockey Show, 9 a.m. back here on our YouTube channel. We'll be joined by Jeff Hamilton. The Hammer. The Hammer is going to join us to talk about the Jets. And I believe, Ezzy, you also said that it's going to be Frankie. Uh, Frankie Corrado. Thank you. Yep. Frankie Corrado. Yes, He's been doing us. some Jets games throughout the year. Yeah. So we're going to talk to Frankie about the Jets. And uh, I'm sure we might touch on the uh, Ryan Hartman Cole Perfetti situation. Maybe talk a little Leafs. Uh, yeah, whatever Plus whatever Leafs. comes up. Probably not a lot of Leafs, but uh, uh, yeah, we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about that with Frankie Corrado. He's going to join us on Saturday morning, and then the Jets and the Coyotes will play Sunday night, which means a post game show. I think that's a six o'clock yeah, Central start time, so about eight thirty on Sunday night. So a very busy time ahead with regard to your time spent with us at Illegal Curve. So that's why you should make sure you're uh, you're uh, subscribed. Thank you. That was the word I'm looking for. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, it's amazing that this uh, Ryan Hartman, Cole Perfetti, Kirill Kaprizov, Brendan Dillon, Michael Russo, Jamal Mayers, Sam Cosentino, Jennifer Drew Mandel. Mandel, Drew Mandel. Discussion is continuing. I mean, it's, it's you know... In the world today, when we have uh, you know attention spans that usually last uh, you know five minutes, if not ten minutes at most, this one's still going five days later. Too long. Um, it's way too long. It's getting yep. it's way out of hand. So let's start with the Sportsnet panel that aired last night, where they call they dubbed it. I guess it's a new segment they're doing called Locker Room. Uh, it featured Jamal Mayers, who used to play in the NHL. It featured Sam Cosentino, who never played in the NHL. It featured Jennifer Botterill, who, as everyone knows, is the one of the world's greatest uh, female hockey players, world's greatest you know hockey players. You can. I said this years ago. She should be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. No question about it. And one day she showed. She hopefully will be. Uh, and they were debating the 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 appropriateness of the actions involved. And I took Jamal Mayer's uh, point. If I can, he had a number of points and he was all over the place and he wasn't necessarily the most articulate person I've ever heard. Shocker. I know. Shocking. Uh, shocking. They were that, points, uh, Drew. They were terrible points. But. <laughs> <laughs> so his primary point in starting the segment was that Hartman was justified in what he did to Cole Perfetti because he's sending a message to the Jets that if you go after uh, that, if the Jets go after the wild all you know best player all-star player in mm-hmm. Kirill Kaprizov then you know turnabout is fair play that's that's basically what he was articulating in his point and he was talking about uh that you know Dylan's uh, he actually said and I wrote it down as a quote Brendan Dylan's second cross check to Kirill Kaprizov uh which presumably was the one that injured Kaprizov was just as vicious as Ryan Hartman's high stick on Cole Perfetti. Um, Is that the worst take ever? Uh, I, I, no, I think it gets worse. And I think he, I don't think he improved from that point in time. I thought he got worse with his points of view at that point in time. Um, You know, then he started talking about how what he has done, what Hartman has done has now instilled fear in Cole Perfetti and the Winnipeg Jets because, and they kept, saying this repeatedly 
Apparently, neither of them have ever looked at the standings. When I say neither of them, I mean <laughs> both Mayers and uh, Sam Cosentino both kept saying that the Jets and the Wild might may meet in the playoffs. Yeah, um, could meet in the playoffs. Yeah, it could be. And I and, and I Drew, in their, in their, Drew, in their defense, quickly, it's possible in 24-25 that those two teams could meet in the playoffs. And boys, I, all, I also might meet Taylor Swift. Yeah, am I exactly right. And, and, you know, and so, you know, my comment about, you know, th that this was justified because they might meet in the playoffs. The only chance the Minnesota Wild have of the playoffs at this point, uh, and you can throw these words back at me if, if you if you want to, is if they drive seven hours north to Winnipeg Ooh. at the end of the season to watch the Jets in the playoffs. So my Minnesota Wild are not going to be a playoff team this year no. when you factor in their injuries, their cap issues, everything about that roster is not a playoff roster even in the weakened uh western conference whatever forget about the playoff argument but i i just thought they embarrassed themselves yeah with 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 what they were saying and jen botterill and again i you know I, I don't have a problem with physical play i don't have a problem with 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 you know things that are you know borderline but to me you know what brendan dillon did to kirill kaprizov should have been penalized. I have no problem if the officials had penalized that. They didn't because that play happens in the course of the game a lot of times per game. It's not a one-off thing. It's not... No. And also Kaprizov cross-checks Dylan right after he gets cross-checked. That seems to be lost here. It's your boy Bruce, our boy, um, you know, brought it up. Context is important here. I, and I, I should mention, I was in Mexico and I wasn't watching this game live, so I just saw all the highlights. But I've put together the sequence of events here. But anyways, Drew, continue on. I'm, I, I, I'm just, you're right. It, you know, it was a, a play in the course of the game. Now, if the powers that be in the NHL want to get rid of that play, well, they have that authority to do so and they can crack down on it at any point in time. But because it's not like Brendan Dillard did did something unbelievably vicious that then needed to be responded to. And, and then was, on top of it, it was responded to. <laughs> yeah. Exactly the point. And, exactly. and somehow that got lost in the course of the braying from the uh, from Cosentino and, and Mayers on, on, on the Sportsnet panel. There were two fights. There were two fights in the game. You're right. Brendan two Dillon fought well, two, 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 two fights, fights over the series, two games, right? Because yeah. Lowry fights Patrick Maroon. So you're right. absolutely right, Drew. Like, look, Jennifer, and, and, and I went off a little bit on Tuesday night after the, the Lightning game. Mm -hmm. these are two completely separate events that they seem to like link incorrectly mm -hmm. right it's it's ryan hartman's play on cole perfetti was was cheap it was just cheap and had yeah. no purpose it wasn't it didn't serve any purpose now the whole caprizov dylan thing i mean we've kind of gone over this right dave went over this uh i'm not sure if drew if you, which post game you were on but i'm sure you guys touched on this like Look, yeah, Kaprizov's injured. It was a freak accident. Dylan did not try to in injure him, just like Logan Stanley did not try to injure him when he fell on him. He happens to be, you know, 6'7", 200 plus pounds. That mm -hmm. was a freak accident that Kaprizov admitted. Um, you know, he didn't, you know, think Logan Stanley did anything wrong. The The whole thing with Jamal Mayers and Sam Cosentino is it was, they just had a bad point. Like, to think, to think, to think that it's okay... To high stick a player like this is what my point was. He could have taken his eye out. That's just a cheap play. And then Ryan Hartman, the next game, slashes Rasmus Anderson, and he doesn't get 
anything. I don't even think right. there was a penalty. Maybe a penalty on the play. There was no fine, no well, suspension. He slashed Anderson and he punched uh, uh, Tanner Glass, I think it was. Yeah, Tanner well, Glass. Not, maybe not Tanner Glass. <laughs> no, no, you're talking about what's his name? Um, from uh, it must be one in the morning because Tanner, Tanner Glass, Glass has been, in, sorry, been yeah. out of the NHL for seven or eight years. Mindy now. got a little excited about the GST line uh, as from earlier. He punched somebody on Calgary. He did punch uh, somebody. He did. In the same sequence of events, he punched after he he two-handed Anderson. He, he punched somebody on Calgary. You're right; it wasn't Glass. Um, my brain isn't isn't cooperating right now. Well, the point is, he was. punched somebody. He punched somebody. It's Lewis. That's exactly who it was. Matt Hyde, Trevor Lewis, Lewis. former Winnipeg Lewis. Jet Thank legend you. Trevor Lewis. And the, yes. and the reality is, guys, Ryan Hartman is Matt Cook. That's who he's turned into. He's Matt Cook. He's he's just a cheap player. But Drew, go, go going back to what you said. You know, Jamal Mayers at one point in that panel said, it's not archaic. And Jennifer Botterill said it was archaic. It was because that type of opinion is maybe an opinion you would have 30 years ago. Like you can't high stick a player. Yeah. And, and anyways, what message does that send that I'm, I'm a cheap player and you know, I, I, I obviously can't score a goal, but I can be cheap. Like, it's just, it's absolutely ridiculous. This should be over. It's, you know, there was a couple fights that should have settled it. Right. And the whole Ryan Hartman, you know, I, I, honestly, you can make the argument he shouldn't be in the league anymore. The Department of Player Safety has allowed this to happen by not holding players accountable. He should have been suspended, not well, just fined. And he probably should have been suspended for what he did to Rasmus Anderson. Well, that was that was old, though, Ezzy. I think that 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 clip that was going around that someone clipped that was from a, that was from a previous. Uh, I don't think it was yesterday's game. I think for whatever reason, it, they were playing Calgary. So someone tweeted it out. Okay. But I'm pretty sure it was an old, Remo just said that. And I'm pretty sure it was an old clip from like last year. But the oh, fact okay. of the matter is. I didn't know just, that. I apologize. It, it doesn't make a difference. It's still ind indicative of character. And more importantly, if you want to talk about character, I mean, guys, what did Hartman do to Nikolai Ehlers? I mean, all this, all this bitching and bemoaning about losing Kirill Kaprizov for, in a season that doesn't matter because yeah. you're done anyways. So you're, you're, I mean, they, don't get me wrong. They were doing well when they came up against the jets, but now they've lost what three in a row, four in a row. So they're, they're they lost you know, tonight to Tampa Bay too. Right. So they're, that's four losses in a row. Right. I right. Think? Yeah. So two so to the, the fact, jets, two to the jets, one to the flames and one to the lights. That's right. So, so the fact is that you've, you've lost four in a row and, but the, you know, Kaprizov sure he's an important player. I'm not going to suggest otherwise, but you, the jets lost uh, Ehlers. And, and it's like, it's almost like that's forgotten news. Like they didn't lose them. They lost them for the rest of the regular season and the first four playoff games. So like, again, let's not pretend like when they're clutching their pearls and they're like, Oh my God, this, there's violence. Like your guys committed violence. I mean, it's well, not it, like this idea, just wait, this idea that it only happened one way again, at the end of the day, I don't really care. I mean, I'm with as the fact of the matter is Dylan answers to Middleton. So that, that does it. Now, the, we don't know the severity of the injury after the game on Sunday. All we know is that he's, he's, it's questionable. Then we find out on, uh, sorry, on, on Saturday. And on Sunday, we find out he's going to be out one to two weeks. So again, I can understand the impact of that. But at the same time, you know, you send Lowry out to fight Maroon or Maroon fights Lowry, whatever it is. So then it's done. I mean, Rick Bonus said as much. He's like, well, it's done. And of course, remember Rick Bonus at the time when he's answering questions about it, doesn't know that it was intentional. And right. the only reason we found out was because it was mic'd up and Cole Perfetti after being asked, which is an important key point because people are acting like Cole Perfetti is a snitch. And I'm like, how's he? I was there. He was, he, he didn't say to one of us, Hey guys, just, you should ask me about being mic'd up. First of all, if anybody watched, which I 90% of the media do after games, not us, of course, because we're doing this show, they would have watched Adam Lowry do media availability and behind Adam Lowry's shoulder, it said 91 mic'd up. 
Right. So Which anybody know about also. Well, first of all, they're told in advance of the game. So they knew right. already. That's not the point. The point is that, and and it, this idea that it's going to instill fear. And in, like, so, I mean, again, like at the same time, like I think the NHL is going to come down on both teams. I think they're going to, I think they're going to really set a, a strong sort of message to, to anyone who does any shenanigans uh, February 20th, especially if the Jets release the audio uh, in that next episode of Runway. But at the end of the day, I just think it's going to be an interesting um, how it plays out. Because for my mind, it should be done now. I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to get more mad at Perfetti because your your admission got caught on tape, even though it can't be admissible. Right. Not a court of lies, but even though it's not admissible. So, I mean, again, like I said, the whole kangaroo thing, court, though. I'll be honest with you. The whole thing's kind of stupid and I'm kind of done with it. Like I was kind of I was going to tweet that this morning, but everybody was all riled up. So I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to cost us any any views tonight, but uh, I'll be honest well, with you guys. I'm over it. And, so and the reason it. why they got riled up this morning yeah. is because of this tweet, which I don't know if I can make big enough, but let me see if I can make it bigger. From Hello. Michael Russo. Had a boy. That was some nice zooming, Drew. Thank you. Every now Good and then boy. I know what I'm doing. So have to hand it to the Jets for airing. Uh, Michael Russo is a journalist with the yeah. Athletic, and I, I I'm not here to denigrate Michael Russo. He's covered the the NHL various teams for many years. He's a well regarded journalist who has completely lost his shit about this Kirill Kaprizov. I think he also told a Jets fan to F off. He did. He He lost his shit. He's completely lost his mind about this. And he's gone far beyond the pale and has gone beyond being a... Uh, a journalist over to whatever this is that we're that we're showing on the screen. Just homerism, Drew. I, it's blatant homerism, uh, and and I've had people been texting me, people, fellow journalists, and I'm not going to out any of them who they are because they sent me private messages, so it's not for me to publicly disclose it. Who've just said that you know his behavior is embarrassing mm-hmm. to the profession. It's beyond mm-hmm. what's acceptable. Have to hand it to the Jets for airing Hartman's alleged admission publicly. I'm going to stop right there. The Jets did not air anything, have not aired anything. No one has heard the audio yet. Media, our trained media, Michael Russo being a member of the trained media, knew that Cole Perfetti was mic'd up. Every single journalist, anybody with a brain really, if given the opportunity to ask Cole Perfetti about the incident, would ask questions related to that. So they did what every journalist is trained to do. The Jets, and I don't have to carry the water for True North, and you all know me very well to know that I don't do that, that I'm quite yeah, critical. Yeah, that's what Dave and, Dave and I do that. Yeah, that's right. On. That I'm quite critical of True North when I need to be. They have not done anything that does, you know, where where they're the bad guy on this one. You know, have to hand it to the Jets for airing Hartman's alleged admission publicly. He says alleged because we haven't heard the audio of it. Fine, I'll grant, I'll give him that. Distracted everyone from the fact that for the second year in a row, they targeted Kaprizov and knocked him out of the wild lineup indefinitely. You know what this I is, mean, Drew? This is like a conspiracy theory. Well, the, the <laughs> there was a second sh- shooter, as he. The, the the irony of this all is that last year, yeah, when Michael Russo asked Kirill Kaprizov about the ins the run in with mm-hmm. Logan Stanley that caused that injury, Kaprizov said, "I hold no ill will. It was not intentional." Right. So in this instance, you have a journalist both talking out of both sides of their mouth in contradiction of one another. 
when he was pointed when that was pointed out to him some mm-hmm. people using language that would be more colorful than i would deem necessary or appropriate what he 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 somehow managed to not respond to that while you know continuing on with with these kinds of responses and conspiracies uh you know i'm not condoning ryan hartman dangerously lifting his stick well first I'm of all can sure we just can would... i just can i can i just stop you there for a second drew please lifting yes. hi, lifting his stick right now i mean michael lifting his stick i mean yeah. that, that 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 sounds pretty nabby pamby again it was a pretty it was a pretty hard slash to the face Let's call yeah. it what it is i mean don't don't pretend like it's otherwise i mean everybody saw the video everyone so it's well, not and like, i also again, think he's saying here that perfetti did it to himself Sure. I mean, he tried. I think he tried to disarm his comment by saying into an innocent kid's teeth. Wow, Michael, you're so uh, kind to share that. I, 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 I he high sticked him. He high sticked him. That was and a he high did stick. it on purpose. That he was doesn't a need high to be defended. And again, you know, this alleged like he Hartman allegedly. So why wouldn't? What reason do we have not to believe Cole Perfetti? Every everything uh, everything about Cole Perfetti's character and everything like that. Nobody says anything bad about Cole. This Cole Perfetti is the real deal. He's a good kid. He's an unbelievable hockey player who's having a breakout year. There's no reason to think he's dishonest. Like to me, this is a this is a conspiracy theory that is based in in like Drew said, it's based in falsehoods. And the Jets didn't the Jets didn't put this out there. Maybe he should take some lessons from Mike McIntyre, Mac Mike McIntyre, who's an award winning journalist. By the way, he asked a question. Cole Perfetti gave an answer. And now Michael Russo seems to be still defending Hartman, defending the wild and kind of defending his own kind of, I don't even like, he needs to just give it up and admit that he was wrong. Sorry. I just want to add on one thing when he, especially when he writes, especially the professional Twitter virtue signalers, I'm like, aren't you one of the primary examples of people who do that kind of stuff? So like, not that I follow him to be honest with you, but like at the same time, like I'm honestly, what exactly did we fall for? Yeah. I, well, again, there's he, a reason guess, why the Jets guess, publicly aired this and we have all fallen for it. Yeah. Well, look, Friedman on 32 thoughts said that the Jets weren't happy with the the result. Now, obviously, as we talked about before, and I'm honest, I'm going to pass out at this point. But like, as we talked about before, boys, the reality is the Jets couldn't use the or the NHL story couldn't use the audio because that's part of the 2005 CBA. So it's not admissible in the decision with regards to Hartman. But Dave, but, they shouldn't have had to use the audio. It's a high stick to the face. It should have been a suspension, regardless of well, of of the audio. Yeah, but you could say, you could say that happened. That play happens, you know. And he doesn't. If he doesn't catch him in the face, it's just unintentional. Whatever, you know. I, I'm fine with, with with it not being a suspension. Just like I'm fine with Brendan Dillon not getting anything because those were plays that happen not infrequently in the course of a hockey game. Now, if the NHL wants to change how the game is enforced. And how the rules are are enforced, that's fine. And then maybe they become suspendable uh, offenses. But to me, they were they were plays. They were dealt with. They were you know people fought. We're done with this. I just don't understand why five days later, the mm-hmm. Jets are all of a sudden you know being thought of as having gone out and and and, and you know deliberately tried to injure their opponent. The only First of all, if, person... they're, if they're doing that, if if they're doing that, aren't they doing it to like Nathan McKinnon? Well, <laughs> you know, the only... aren't they doing it to someone who's going to have an no, impact no, no. on them? I mean, the, the I'm just saying, a damn Drew. good player, but they're not trying to deliberately injure. They're not the, trying to deliberately injure anybody. Again, and, no, and, exactly, and they were just Drew, plays why, that happen. Where is that based? Like, 
there's that you can't base that claim on anything. That's what's dangerous about what, what Russo's doing. Brendan Dillon is a physical player. He can drop the gloves. He can score goals. He scored goals this year. He's a in good a, veteran, top four NHL defenseman. What, what what did he do that would make you think that it was premeditated or intentional? Nothing. The the only so it wasn't in intentional. A, the, in reverse, a different, the reverse it, hit by uh, by he was pissed off. I mean, there's I don't think there's any question about that because he didn't like the reverse hit by Kaprizov. But I mean, again, as he gave him a shot in the corner. I mean, it happens. I, honestly, how many times in this in today's game do we see a guy give a guy a shot in the corner? I mean, that look. If you had to, guy, did you guys see what happened with Jason Zucker and Nick Cousins? Yes. Yeah. To me, that should have been ten games. Well, but then they don't. I, I don't disagree with you. They just don't call it that way. But one more thing, it, it, I don't have the tweet handy. But in mm-hmm. a previous tweet, and you can go check out Russo's uh, you know Twitter feed if you want, folks. He said that Brendan Dillon reta- that the reason why Brendan Dillon you know cross checked Kaprizov, and I'm quoting here, Dillon mm-hmm. retaliated for being embarrassed by Kirill Kaprizov. I mean, did he watch different game than I did? That's what I'm saying. I don't agree with that at all. I, I just don't know that that there, there's any evidence that would even, you know, Brendan Dillon does that play more frequently than not. That's sure, how Brendan just, Dillon defends. Can I just can I just make one last observation, and then I'm going to be done with this because I can't really talk about it anymore because I don't really care. Like literally, yeah. Dave's going to fall asleep. But like the Minnesota Wild are the fifth most penalized team. The Jets are They're like a the goon 20th. team. But no, I don't. Just just let me finish. The point is the Jets, the Minnesota Wild are the fifth most penalized team. The Jets are the twenty fifth most penalized team. Right. Now you could say it's a it's a conspiracy because the NHL wants Winnipeg to succeed. Nobody's going to buy that. So the reality is that the Jets just don't take a lot of penalties. And and that's the truth. The Wild do. And look, they've got uh, uh they've got guys who are big, tough, and strong. There's some guys that I'm sure Jets fans not Hartman, of course, but there's some guys that I'm sure the Jets fans would 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 be okay with. But the fact of the matter is, it's you know to pretend like somehow you're covering a team that's Lady Bing winners, and the Jets are somehow a bunch of goon squads. I mean, what are we talking about here? The Jets aren't the Broad Street bullies. I know that narrative, as we always talk about it when teams from the East come and play the Jets. They're like, ooh, they're big and tough and physical. And I'm like, yeah, they were in 1718, and maybe in 1819, but that's not the same team. So, anyways, I, I'm just saying, like, it's just a, it's a farce to to kind of go down this road. And to be honest, you to answer them. I, I the, to me, it's like wrap it up. I know Kenny and Rennie are going to do stuff about this tomorrow. I don't really care, to be honest with you. My point is wrap it up and deal with it February 20th when these two teams play again. Yeah, Let me just ask you guys one final question on this one. Tomorrow, the Jets and the Ducks play each other. Do you mm-hmm. get the impression that there's anybody on the Winnipeg Jets who's planning on going after Ryan Strom for the hit that took out Kyle Connor? No. no, probably not, because the Jets have better things to worry about right now, which is called winning games. You know, winners win, losers look for excuses and whine. And I think we know that what's happening in the state of Minnesota. And if it was coming from the team, you know, but it's not necessarily even coming from the team, maybe unless they're using well, Russo as the mouthpiece. Depends on where the pair, the hand is. Uh, Drew. Right, exactly. That could very well be the case, that they're using Russo as the mouthpiece and he's and he's doing their, their work for them. But in any event, nobody from Michael Russo to Jamal May Mayors to Sam Cosentino uh, are are putting themselves in a good light, uh, and the only one who I thought really handled this with any credibility last night was Jen Botterill, who said there's a difference between tough and physical and cheap and dirty, and what Ryan Hartman did to Cole Perfetti was cheap and dirty. Tough duck, hardest hitting comment. We'll wrap up tonight's post game show. The tough duck, hardest hitting comment. Ezzy, who gets it? 
I wanted to give it to this uh, this fine person, the knee of KFC, saying that the Mad Line is the best damn line right now because earlier today we talked about it. I called the uh, Morgan Barron, Axel Janssen, Fialbi, Dominic Toninata line the Mad Line, but we're not going to give it to the knee of KFC. We're going to oh, give it that to... Was just a, that was a, that Ooh, was a, that a little was fake a, out. Please. I mean, it was a runner-up. That was an honorable mention, Drew. We're going to give it to Charlie Horse, something I think uh, I have received uh, in my junior high days. Looks like Baron is gaining some respect out there, goes in behind their net like a runaway train and gaining some elbow room. I like it. We talked about it. Morgan Barron uh, ties his career high, right, Dave? Yeah, With his eighth goals. goal in yep. 37 games, so he's obviously going to smash that. He's mm-hmm. on pace for uh, what fifteen or sixteen goals right now. So yep. Morgan Bears and ha- he's having a great year for the Jets. Love that comment, Charlie Horse. If that is your real name, that would be amazing. Uh, but send me an email, Ezra at illegalcurve.com, or slide into my DMs on X slash Twitter with your mailing address information, and Tough Duck will ship out a toque to you. So congrats to Charlie Horse. Fun, fun yeah. fact. Fun fact. In the eighties, my uncle created a line of plush toys, and one of the toys was a horse with a broken leg on it that had a little crutch and the horse's name was Charlie Horse. Was this also is this is this, is this where it's Manny Ray Bison this, came from also? No. Well techno different uncle, but that this is my Uncle Ray. So this is a okay. uh, this is an old family one that my we, brother-in-law uh, has one of those by the way. There you go. My aunt found a my aunt found Manny. a box in her house and she gave them to me. So oh the Manny. No yeah, yeah. she found a bunch of the they they were called Punimals, as you can probably tell. Mm-hmm. And my other uncle who is a pretty talented artist he drew them all, and then my other uncle, who's uh, was in that business, managed well not in that business, but he has he contacts. So he, animal business. He, no, I was going to say he wasn't in that business, but he had contacts who could make Furry that kind business. of stuff. So yeah. uh, there you go. Shout out to Uncle Ray. There you go. Nice, uh, nicely done by both of you to wrap up tonight's. Uh, yeah, to wrap up tonight's uh, tonight's uh, illegal curve post game show. Laurent Brossois has a gets the start for the Winnipeg Jets tomorrow night against the Anaheim Ducks. Post-game Come on, are you confirming show. that already, Drew? Yeah, yeah, because Rick Bonus confirmed it earlier. So, I, uh, oh. Rick, so Lauren Passois gets the start for the Jets tomorrow night, 11.30 p.m. for the post-game show back here on our YouTube channel and a Winnipeg Jets victory tomorrow night against the Anaheim Ducks. We'll move them into first place overall in the NHL. Will that end up happening? We'll find out in less than 24 hours' time in about uh, 22 hours from now. We will find out if that occurs or not. If you haven't already done so, smash the like button, subscribe to the YouTube channel, leave us comments here, there, and everywhere. Tell your friends, tell your family the best place to be. After each and every Winnipeg Jets game is the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, and again on Saturday mornings for the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Want to say a big thank you to all of the sponsors of Illegal Curve who make the post-game show, the Saturday show, the website a possibility. Our friends at Farmery Beer. Let me take a sip of this delicious Illegal Curve lager. Hang on a second. It's ice cold. I don't still? know if it's ice cold, Drew. It's yeah, I'm a little still? warm at this point. Yeah. You open, you you open open like of, I got a little bucket of ice off, off camera here. You guys can't see. I don't believe that. Okay. I don't no, believe that, right. there's, no, there's, there's, no no, there's no bucket I of ice. I call that away. bluff. By the way, okay. as an aside, I just want to say, folks, because I've noticed some of the comments, people are like, Drew's still awake. What's going on? When Mindell's got, he's like a dog with a bone. When he's got something he wants to chit-chat about, there ain't no time limits. There ain't That's no, right. I got to get to bed. I got a busy day tomorrow. It's no, I got let's Drew's it. Drew pulled a Weber. He's at the buffet. And according to some folks, Weber and uh, uh, Rennie are, I mean, yeah, Rennie are, are going at it right now. Well, you can go check them out in a couple of minutes after I continue to give props to the rest of our sponsors, our friends at Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club. 
Linden Market Dental Center, Zappia Group Realty, Betway, they're the title sponsor of the post-game show, Tough Duck, Charlie Horse just won a Tough Duck, Tuke, Boston Pizza will be live on location there coming up, details to follow, Seagram's and our friends, of course, at Rolly's Transfer, support these fine businesses because of their continued support of Illegal Curve Hockey. Jets win 2-1 over the San Jose Sharks, we're next in action tomorrow night, later tonight to be more accurate, Eleven about 11.15. 11.30, give or take a couple minutes there. If you haven't already done so, like I said, smash the like button and subscribe to the YouTube channel. LegalCurve.com has all your post-game news and audio and everything that you need about the Jets and the Manitoba Moose. For Dave Manouk, for Ezra Ginsberg, I'm your host, Drew Mandel, and tomorrow, until later on tonight, after the Jets and the Ducks, we wish you good night and good luck, and thanks for watching the Illegal Curve post-game show. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.